This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. I'm driving along with two Jewish people on my fender. There's a law in New York State. I sang once for Barbara Streisand, it's a true story, and her eyes crossed the other way. It was just the first thing I do is make them toast my salad. From the writer of Nyeh and the director of Nyeh comes Nyeh. You can have an eight-way suck fest up in your room, but you can't walk barefoot to the casino. I want a lemon twitter, I want a raspberry puff, I want a honey curl, and a, and, and, no, two chocolate, no, one, one, put it back, put it back. I can loosen up. Don't have to be so black all the time. I hate when my foot falls asleep during the day, because that means it's going to be up all night. My neck is actually six inches long, completely. But it don't matter about how much you sniff, put it away, sniff the interest. We're gonna have to buy more stuff! Welcome to the break. I'm Eddie Brill. Today, today, I get to talk to a, a good friend of mine. I, you know, we don't see each other often anymore. But uh, when he was coming up, I saw him a lot. And I saw him rise really quickly. Uh, you know, in the, getting uh, television shows. And Saturday Night Live was uh, one of his big breaks. He was amazing. Uh, not only is he a great comedian, but he's gotten better and better and better and has become the ultimate storyteller. I could watch him for an hour, um, where very rarely I could do that as a comedian, watching other comedians. I know you're going to love listening to him. It was a great conversation. Enjoy my good friend, Jim Brewer. In your house, well, you're you're from Long Island. You're from Valley Stream, yeah. I remember, which is near Lynbrook. Yes, which always made me laugh because I'm from Brooklyn, and I always thought, well, Lynbrook was they just they just they switched just, the yeah, names. Yeah, look, hey, you know, well, Hatton Man. It used to be I lived in Hatton Man. Now I live in Manhattan. <laughs> well, you know what? I never. I never looked at it like that, and clearly that's why they named it that. I think because so. yes, wh- what I learned about Valley Stream was that was considered the country, mm. and everyone from Brooklyn started migrating to Valley Stream and Lynbrook. Right. So that was a huge. You <laughs> coffee got some deliverance. Coffee. Oh, just the smell of it. Oh. The, there's a shop a block from me on St. Mark's oh. Place. That I just walk in just to smell the coffee. Yeah. You know, they say, wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up and smell the coffee. I don't even wake up. I go in there, smell <sighs> the coffee, then wake up. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think so that's Valley what happened. So Valley Stream, Lynbrook. My, my mom was going to name my brother Brooke if it, was a, if it wasn't David, if he wasn't born David. And then she decided, oh, you know, I like the middle name Lynn. Then she realized later, oh, God, I'm going to call my Lynn? kid Brooklyn. Yeah. And then that, but that never happened. Never called yeah. us. So what are you doing? So me personally, yeah. I'm. Uh, What's going on, with Eddie? Bro, so many good things. I'm doing so many different. Last fun... time I talked to you, we were talking about something with uh, Bobby Ojeda. Yes. Well, that was a good idea, and I was so busy. I'm sorry it didn't happen. Same here. The Mets I mean, went busy. to the World Series. That's right. And it would have been a great thing. Bobby, I've known Bobby Ojeda since uh, since way back when, since he came back from his injury. I met right. him in Boston. He's... We we reconnected. He's 
you know, we're very close to the same age. We we just hit it off, and yeah. it was like a dream come true. Yeah. I, I, the first night I hung out with him, he came to see the comedy shows in Boston. It ended up where I had to carry him where he was naked and put him in his bed. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, nice to meet you, Bobby. And uh, I think I won't think I'll see you again. And then I end up seeing him later, and <clears throat> we became friends. Well, he's, you know, still a Mets fan, and he was kind of screwed by the... I helped him get the job over on the SM television network. SNY? SNY. I was yeah. his coach to okay. help him. And he was doing really well at it. And then for a few dollars, they kind of screwed him over. So I thought it would be They're so great. They're very tight over there at their budget. Yeah. Well, very they don't tight. have much budget at SNY, you wouldn't think. Because, no. you know, they're, it's all the Bernie Madoff I wanted to money. do a show there. And they and wouldn't I was, give it to you? I was giving them to for not. I said, what if I find the advertisers? Mm -hmm. You don't even have to pay me anything. All you got to do is air it. Right. This would be huge for you during the off season. Yes. Uh, yeah, because every yeah, sports yeah, show, when they show the little, hey, uh, you know, uh, I forgot the name of the one with uh, the guy used to be on the Red Sox, Cowboy Up. Um, uh, got him, you know, that guy. Yeah. Well, they always show you. And every con every sports show, there's always a clip of you as one of the guests, one of the crazy baseball sports Oh, you're talking fans. about me? Yeah. Oh. Right, you. On SMY? You. Yeah, no, this is on. Oh, on MLB. On MLB. Yes. Right. MLB treats me really well. Yes. So I would think that SNY would jump all over that. I have no clue. I've 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 tried this two three times. It drives me, and then they'll go. We have a job for you. Yeah. So what is it? You go to bars. And say, I'm out. Yeah, you go Wait, to bars no. and you ask I'm, three questions. Yeah, uh, what? No. Yeah. For eight. Come on, man. I know. Well, we the, can do you know, better than this. I. I thought that show would have been a great idea, but I was just too busy at the time to put you and Bobby together. Oh, he's God, terrific, yeah, 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 but it doesn't mean he can happen again. It doesn't yeah, matter. Future stuff. Yeah, Don't worry I, about yeah that. we'll see what happens. So what are you doing? You get, so you're doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast, and you know the thing that I've always wondered in the podcast is well, the good thing is I can show up my pajamas, which is really <laughs> yes. great. You know, have you, you never had pajamas. your? Have you ne never had one? I did radio a million years. So ago. it's your first podcast. Yeah. yeah. So okay, yeah. you're at that stage. How many shows have you done? This is the eighth. Okay, right. so you're at this stage where you're still kind of discovering what I want to do. You know, a year from now, right. you're, not, you're going to be doing something completely different. Oh, of course. You'll be sitting there, and I'll be sitting here. And, and, <laughs> but what I mean by that is you don't know what you want to do, really. It's like, all right, do we do interview? Is this a – do I do bits? Do I – and then I, I, somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, you're going to go, oh, my God, I love – this is – this is I want it, this is what I'm gonna do, right. and then that that is what starts going bonkers, and uh, or or one thing hits, and then boom, you're all of a gone. sudden you're doing well. You know, I never. There's so many things in my life that I never dreamt I would do, and I would do them and go, oh my god, this is like a dream come true that I didn't even dream. So I'm always open for that. And what this world does, Eddie, yeah. is opens the world that you don't have to be a comedian. Yeah. And that good. is, I think that's comedian's hardest thing to wrap around their head. I'm do okay I, with that. Do I have to be funny every choice? Like, do no. I have to tell the greatest story? Do I have to, uh, what happens is you can go, wow, I can be dead serious about something. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted this side of me to be, to be known. And I think I have a lot to offer over here. And that's what's great about podcasts. And then once people start really tapping into it, you, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in, in this so far. I mean, the first seven have just <clears throat> exploded in a great way. 
because it's been what I've, I decided to call it the break because I wanted to find out how people first got their break, their first breaks. And right. I've pretty much gone mm. to A-listers uh, and uh, asked them because a lot of young comics are going, well, you know, Jim Brewer's doing this and doing this, but what was it like for him when the he first started? So what I've kind of sort of moved toward yeah. is to find out, and why I asked about Valley Stream to start you off, uh. was I've been wanting to find out in your house, who was the funniest? Who was it? Your mom and dad? What influenced oh. you to become funny? Like in my house, my mom and dad were very funny. My mom's still the funniest person I know, and my sarcasm and the way I think is my mom. Now you're in Valley Stream. You're one of how many children? I'm the only child from my parents. Right. My dad had three kids. He's off a divorce, and I really. Didn't know much about. The only way I knew about it is where my mom would just beat the mental death out of him. Mm. Your kids are got nothing. You're a son of bitches. They got nothing for me. Wow. And How old my, were you when this was going on? I was a bit my whole life. Mm. So I didn't really, until I got older and I realized, oh, my dad, wow, my dad has like kids, kids. And my mom had four kids from... All different marriages, wow. some suspect. We don't know where this one came from. We don't, and but their kids were my nieces and nephews, and I loved it. It was such close family, but they were more like brothers and sisters. Gotcha. So my nieces and nephews are only a year apart, two years apart, because my siblings were so much older. Right. Uh, How many people were living in a house? Just me. Okay. Up until I was about six or seven. Until then, it was my oldest sis, my youngest sister, who was a full-blown, she looked like a hippie, and my brother, full-blown hippie, long right. hair, tattooed, and, um, and that, she, my sister was kind of, my sister was, was kind of funny, but not really. My father, mm -hmm. I would watch my father rip a room to pieces. To yeah. just, but we didn't have the same sense of humor. He was, he was dry and dark, and and there's none of that you think in you, the dry or the dark. I think there's some of that in there. Oh, hands down. Right. So, what was your style? You think, or a different sense of humor than your dad's? How would you describe? I'm that? I'm storytelling animated. Right. I'm very. Uh, I love telling the story. I love acting out the whole story. Gotcha. I'm the when you listen to Eddie Murphy, the first album, mm -hmm. um, he did the comic strip and he did this whole song. He did this whole bit about a guy getting hit by a car. Oh man, you missed it. Oh, <laughs> oh, see, you missed it. That was me. That right. I am I'm that guy. I tell the whole story. Let me tell you what just happened. Right. And I also would act everything. Also, I think. My 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 father's side's kids were belly laughing and still are belly laughing funny. They are gotcha. My oldest brother Gary is probably one of the funniest guys I've ever sat with in my life. My father, I didn't get he was funny until I was older because he really didn't. Especially the dry kind of stuff. Yeah. He was more my dad until I got older. My mom was funny, but she was more nuts as a as <laughs> as a drunk. Ah. She'd have two martinis and go buck wild, and then she'd get mean. 
All right, but uh, but funny, mean, or mm, funny, and then she scary. get mean with my dad, and my, mm. but also our street where we live, the neighborhood, everybody. It just seems like everyone was a ball buster, and everyone was uh, was funny. And if you didn't laugh at you didn't laugh, you were you were doomed. You're right. You come home with a crazy haircut. You get you put on <laughs> some weight. You're wearing glasses now. You got to go through the. You're going through the ringer. Yeah, you expect it. You know, yeah, that no it's one's going to go. You look great. <laughs> you look fantastic. The minute you're out in the street. The, the the wolves are waiting to eat you, but right. But and I think that comes from the psychology of like pounce before you get pounced on. Yes, and also I was a fat kid. I was a really fat kid. I was eighty two pounds in kindergarten. Mm. I used to have to go to the nurse up until fourth fifth grade, and that was a huge defense mechanism. And I and I kind of put aside, um, what I did in in junior high. And I was the king of ranking you out. Mm. And I, it was, I forgot I did that until I saw someone in high school recently. Like, oh, man, remember the cafeteria? When we, <laughs> we had the battles, and they line you up, and you won, like, 23 in a row. That was the early roast battles. I went, no. Then. And it was, oh, my God, I do remember that. Mm. And we'd sit down, and the, oh, know, know your mothers. Like, well, you're no, right. no. We're allowed, to, we're allowed to go everywhere. Yeah, not in Brooklyn. There was there was the rule. Everyone was funny on my street. Know your mothers. Yeah, know your mother. Know your mother. You go to mother. Brooklyn. Now you're in trouble. There's a there's a book in Brooklyn that you can open up. It's I think it's paragraph two, section one, C twelve. Know your mothers. But I do know my first break, not in entertainment. My right. break in confidence, and I knew what I was going to do. What's that? We were in high school. I was always shy. Didn't re- was not good with girls whatsoever. And my senior year, my best friend, Jimmy, Jimmy Shaka, he came to me and he said, Jim, you gotta, you gotta join this this sketch, this sketch night. It's the seniors versus the juniors. And I, I said, I know every year we do it. I no, I ain't doing had you seen that sketch thing before and didn't like it, or you just no anything it scared theater you a little bit? probably scared me. I'm like theater, mm. no yeah. theater. It'd right. be Eddie Murphy, right? Um, and he said, "No, no, no. It's it's you're gonna love this this group." No, no. And he's like, "Trust me, it." And it was based on the Bible. Everyone had to do something on the Bible. Mm-hmm. He said, "You, you know how you imitate Eddie Murphy." You will do Noah's Ark, which was basically Cosby's best. Right, I'm, that's true. Uh, which I did not know at the time. We did Noah's Ark, and I played Eddie Murphy. I didn't mm. say I was Eddie Murphy. I was a white guy right. talking like Eddie Murphy. And when I came out, and I remember, uh, Noah, I said, who that, man? <laughs> uh, this is it. What the hell's a Cuban? Hey, your mother. And I said, your mother. Mm-hmm. Your mother and the all I remember is the entire crowd going bez- they went berserk. And the world stops at that moment and you're spinning and there's a there's a uh, disco ball and the lights and, are shining. And not only that, the next the next day I was in school and I've never in my life I mean guys that I was so intimidated by. That I, that I looked up to, oh, he's the good-looking guy, and he gets everyone, he's under football. 
bro, bro, oh my god, you a pisser. Yeah. Oh my god, you a pisser. Oh, dude, I laughed so you're doing it again tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. The girls that never even gave you the time of day. You're so funny. Oh my god, you made me let you're so funny. That that changed my life. And the next night that we had to do the sketch two nights in a row. The next night they were chanting. Wow. For my for me to come out. And I'll ne- What do you feel like during that day, knowing that, all right, I did it, can I do it again? Will you have any doubts? Oh, I, I, have, to, I have to admit, I'm <clears throat> cra- I've always been borderline confident cocky. Mm. I've been told cocky. In yeah. my young days, very cocky. Gotcha. And, um, so that next day was a confident day. You oh, were writing it. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe the girls, the guys. Right. Who I became overnight in the school, and and the next day them chanting my name, oh. the empowerment of just bra <laughs> and chanting Noah, Noah and I wow. came out <laughs> and I I that that moment changed the history for my life. And I said, "This is this is what I'm going to do." Yeah. Now I've I've had a lot of bumps and roads leading up to that. Of course. But the, you I think, said it at the beginning. You know, life changes, and you do this, and all of a sudden this happens, and you make a left instead of making a right. Yes. Yeah. And so that that was a huge moment. What to, grade were you in? I was a senior. Right in high school. Yeah, senior in high wow. school. And then that summer, you, yeah. And then how do you? I go did stand up, ah. and I went to governors. And uh, right, you were writing this comedy high. Yes. Now high school's done. Yes. And now they have Where's battle crowd? bands. Where's my crowd? Right. So I said I'll host it. They asked me to host. I'll host it. I'll do stand up. Great. I was god awful. Uh, I didn't have the attention span of that audience <laughs> that came to see me during uh, the sketch night, and then stand up comedy too. But I, I, I went to Levittown. Mm-hmm. Went to Governors. Got on the open mic list. I thought I did great, and I thought, surely I just got discovered. There's that cockiness, yeah. Surely I just got <laughs> discovered. Um, and then I uh, went to college and, or NASA. Now, didn't you, go, didn't you live in Florida? Yes. That's the thing. Because, you know, it's interesting. I had Alan Havey in, and I've had Todd Barry in, and I, we talked about how Florida has this incredible group of people like Brian Regan and uh, Jeff Darryl Garland Hammond. and Daryl Hammond. But that's Billy the Gardell. other thing. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, what's his face? Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Tom Rhodes. Tom Rhodes. Yeah. I went, went to I grew went to junior high school and high school in Florida. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that most of those people were not from Florida originally. Daryl's from Alabama Regan too, wasn't? Yeah, Brian. The Regans. The Regans. Dennis and Brian are from Miami. From okay, yeah, exactly. Because I remember seeing them all the time. Right, where Jeff Garland was from Chicago, and you're from Valley Stream, and right. Daryl's from uh, Alabama, and I, it's interesting. So when did you move to Florida? My parents, in 88, mm-hmm. they went down to look at a, a, a house. Well, I don't know what, the, I thought they were on vacation. And <laughs> they they came, probably were, and then decided, it was maybe one of those vacations where you get to look at a house, and you get a free trip. And they didn't tell me they were doing. Nah, they looked at. And they didn't tell me they were looking at houses because wow. I grew up on the same street practically my whole life, mm. and we were we were. It was such a bond on that street. And they came back say, "Yeah, we're moving to Florida." And I was I was so angry, mm-hmm. I was devastated. 
Moved down to Florida. How old were you when you moved to Florida? Were you still in high school? I was 19. Oh, so you're done with high school now. Done with high school. I went to Nassau Community. Right. And your first stand-up was at Governor's, or your, your attempt at stand-up. And yeah. when, how long was it before then where you moved to Florida and then had to search out Florida? Two years up? later. Now, I only did stand-up maybe three or four more times. Right. Well, let, let's hold on that thought. Yeah. The break. Yes. The um, break. We just had a break. We moved to Florida. Right. And now you were we, 19, you said. When you yeah, I was to 19. Florida. And before I did that, I was, I was doing theater in NASA Community College. I thought I was going to be discovered. I was getting all the star roles. And then I'm uprooted. We go to. Isn't it funny how you, you thought of theater as theater? And I don't want to be part of it. Yeah. And now you're like, I want, I'm the star. And I'm doing all the star, star roles. And I was so. I went into. Uh, I was. I was a month into accounting because my mom's like, you mm. got to take accounting. You're never <laughs> right. going to make money. And you're gonna... I was in accounting and literally like a, a scene from Fast Times at Richmond High. The, <laughs> the teacher goes, I'm failing everything. I'm getting high. I want nothing to do with any of this. This is it this didn't is interest you, tragic but... mistake. Right. And I keep just go do stand up, become a, become a. But there's something tugging at you going, my mother, I got to please yes. my mom. Yes. And, um, uh, conundrum. He goes, Today's the last day you can get a W, withdraw. Mm. After today, it's fail. So if you want to switch your majors, he'd even finish his sentence. <laughs> I, like, I stood up, <laughs> I started gathering my books, the whole class started howling with laughter. And he thought it was a joke because right. I was always joking in class and a mm. clown. And as I was walking past, he goes, All right, so it's, it's over. It's over. I went, No, 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 I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> he said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to go to the theater, see if they have theater here. And then, uh, and then I did that. And then um, I got a bunch of star roles. And that, that and then was, my parents moved. Now, starring roles, was it always comedy or were there. No, was they were drama. I was much better at drama. I, still, I just told me, and she went, Can you stop? putting me for comedies. I know people know I want to do drama. I will murder a drama. I have a lot of drama. I can bring the drama. Right. The, yeah, and and wear my jamas. Um, but here's the thing. The comedy, the uh, right away, you're just getting laughs, and that's powerful. Yes. Drama is a little differently. Yes. There's pauses, and there's... I yes. mean, there's pauses in comedy, but there's pauses, and there's emotions, and, and what? Yes. how do you oh. switch to that? It was easy. The first one I had, the first one I did was um, the scene. It was called "When You Coming Back, Red Rider." Mm -hmm. Never heard of it. Never heard of it as a play. <laughs> never heard of it. All I know is the main character goes into a diner. Um, Very Long Island. <laughs> yes, and it was it was a diner in the middle of like Oklahoma or something like right. that. And he walked in and eventually takes the diner over. And it pretty much holds everyone hostage mm. until someone comes and gets them. And there were some violent scenes in it. And I just remember when I auditioned, he had to be very angry for this huge monologue. And in front of the cast, I took a chair. I, the anger I had from watching, just I had anger. Right. And I definitely have anger. And it was, I... Do you think it was from your childhood with your, you know, your... Mother, you said was drinking and my screaming. mom. My mom would drink and demean my father. Mm -hmm. A lot of anger started coming from that. My sister, uh, her her husband it was such a great family. He was the Fonz, was now cheating and now divorced, uh. and he was violent. So I 
I watched that divorce. The the woman who used to watch me would uh, in Valley Stream as a kid. She would start getting beat by her husband, and he started. Mm. So I had all this this anger of what yeah, I wanted, yeah. what I wanted to do to these men, and for breaking up the families, mm-hmm. and I I was helpless, and I had so. And I think that's kind of. I think that kind of. Someone has said that's why you listen to heavy metal. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that makes it. Because I was attracted to. So, and is that the? And you're at home, and I know D all these years. Yeah, and the two of you doesn't seem like there's. I'm sure there's anger in every marriage. Yeah, but it's you know. I mean, publicly, you're. You know, I mean, she's a lovely person, and 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 you have three girls at home. What 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 you know. So what's it? Do you find yourself having to curb that kind of anger, or oh, my anger's a, no, my anger is towards people, people who, that do wrong right. or try to do us or me wrong. D has a lot of anger with the kids. Right. <laughs> uh, I, my anger days are over. I, I watched my brother die of stress. Mm. I will never allow uh, anger or something like that to to disease you because you right. you will you'll die. You'll but you can get it stress. out in drama. You can get I can get it out. out in drama. I can get out in stand-up. I can get it out in all these other... I can listen to my garage and shut the door, and I'm blasting uh, 86 Metallica, and I'm okay. One of the uh, one time I was at the first-ever New York comedy festival that Caroline's runs, and I was with uh, uh, Schimmel and a whole bunch of comics and Dane Cook, and we were all at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. And that day I found out that my brother was going to die of pancreatic cancer. Oh. Within like a, and ladies and gentlemen, now I have to go on stage. Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough and beautifully enough, it was a misdiagnosis. Wow. Which was what, but for that day, it was the most fucked up day. And I probably had one of the best sets of my life because of the, that emotion that comes behind, whether, whether it be anger or fear or whatever. So, yeah. you know, I, being, you know, I'm just trying to bring it all back. Comedy is, yes. is great, but there's a root to it. Yes. And so, um, it also became my, it became a therapy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to vent and talk about how crazy everyone is around me. And, yeah. but the, the big, big, now I'm in Florida mm-hmm. and the moment that changed everything was Eddie Murphy. Again. Yes. I'm in limbo. I tried acting. It wasn't like being up north. Uh, I didn't know about comedy clubs. And mm-hmm. I gave it a year, started drinking a lot, started partying. I was lost. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's on Arsenio Hall. Uh, and I think my girlfriend started to make out with me at time. I'm like, stop, stop, it's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy. And he... It, you know, Arsenio Hall does the, you know, the young comics out there, you got any advice? You got any advice <laughs> for the young comics out there, Eddie? What kind of advice? And Eddie Murphy turned to the TV, and I swear to God, he was told, he said, Jim Brewer? No, he, well, <laughs> the only thing he left out was Jim Brewer. He went, Don't listen to your mother, because mm-hmm. your mother tell you to fall back on things. And how can you fall back? You're going to do something, you do it 100%. You can't put 20% here. You don't make a pizza. You can't put 20% in the cheeseburger. 20% in the pan. You got to put 100% in that pizza. Hey, a good pizza. And I, he said, don't listen to your mother. Your mm. mother don't know about comedy. Your mother don't know what you want to do and follow your dreams. And I, yeah. I, that, I literally got out of the seat, went home, 
And I looked in the newspaper, where do they have comedy clubs? Wow. Where do they have open mic nights? And I never I never turned back, and that was 1989. Where were you living? In 89, where were you living? Florida. In Florida. Where? Uh, Palm Harbor. Right, I know where that is. And they had Ron Beddington's comedy scene. Right. And Coconuts. Palm Co- Harbor has no harbor, right? Not the, there is no harbor. Right, that's the great part of no Palm sense. Harbor. <laughs> no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so and Bennington it, had a club in Tampa, right? It was Clearwater. Okay. It was across the uh, causeway. Gotcha. It was a Ramada Inn, and I went to open mic night. And I think two weeks later, I saw Brian Regan. Mm. Brian Regan was headlining, and I, I never laughed so hard in my life. Never, you too. <laughs> he was already doing the you too, butter, 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 swing, butter. Like, oh my God, this guy's freaking. Hilarious! I saw Dan Whitney, who, yes. who went on to become Larry the Cable Guy, and so originally from Nebraska. Yeah, and now we're all <laughs> becoming friends. And then I, I knew it was time to, to go New York, back to New York, mm. to get on TV. And my, I said, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I need to get on TV. Do I go to LA or go to New York? I came right. back to New York, and by then I was a road comic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of comics really didn't accept me because it was clear I was a road guy. But I would, I would crush. I would crush. But I, it, it was a hard adjustment um, finally breaking in the city because they just looked at me. For, and, yeah. And, and it also judgment, came from judgment. And also came from the attitude of I'm a neighborhood guy. Hey, we're all, we're all going to, let's all have a great time. When, when I was in Florida, I had a van, and so mm-hmm. I would tell all the comics, hey, let's, there's an open mic in St. Pete, so after here, we all hop in a van, we'll blast down to St. Pete, and then there's a midnight show, and we can all blast <laughs> down there, and we're all just going to crush it. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was killed real quick. Yes. Um, it sounds great. And, and, it's, and it is, that's why I brought up Florida early, because it was a great community of comedians. Oh. It Incredible. was phenomenal. Billy Gardell. Yes. This guy. Uh, uh, Greg Rogel was doing stand-up down there. Dennis Regan. I mean, I remember- every time I go down there, I would, you know, my, I grew up in Hollywood, Florida, and I would go down and I'd see, I went to the comic strip and I saw all these incredible comedians that were all these local young comics. And it was very exciting. Yeah. And it was a great time. So uh, you so you decide to move to New York. Yeah. So you, you tell your mom, I'm not listening to you. Eddie Murphy told me not to listen to you. Well, what happened was I came up here and, and I scouted out the area. And I I sent tapes. I made myself a tape and I sent it to four or five different agents and, and bookers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I played a couple one-nighters. Uh by a, a local booker slash manager at the time. <laughs> and I cr- crushed. Right. Crushed. I met Andy Kindler. Ah. Me and Andy were in this room and he's like, oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna be signed up immediately. This sucks. <laughs> Don't move up here. Don't listen to anything they say. And I immediately hit off with Andy. I loved him. And the manager said Move up here and I'll manage you. Mm. And he he would throw huge, you know, Eddie Murphy, and he showed me Eddie Murphy's phone, and right, uh, you know, and I had Tim Allen, and uh, I was just name dropping, name dropping. I was a young prostitute. Yeah. You can get me on that corner. Is this Rick Messina? No, no, because close, same, yeah, same ballpark. Yeah, okay, same. I know, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I'll never forget. I saved all my money, went on the road, came back up, went to go play Rascals. Mm-hmm. Uh, One and, of the best rooms in the world, unfortunately, not there Exactly. Anymore. And that night, he goes, yeah, I don't really have time to manage you right now. Uh. And so now he's on a vengeance tour. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, okay. And everyone else started booking me. And now everyone else, the who you just mentioned, right. and everyone else is like, I want a manager, I want a manager. I want a... No, I don't need a manager. I'm killing without all the managers. And then the first, I wasn't even her, I, I came up in January. All right, this is 1991. Okay. January, and I started doing open mic in 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. So it's only two years in. Right. I'm still a baby. And your comedy's different, way different than it is. Oh, God. Yeah. Way, way, com- completely different. Um, Louder is better. <laughs> <laughs> and I come oh, I get out of nowhere now the other man he's like listen I, I have time to manage I'm like oh, no yeah. not anymore and he got me an audition he goes oh, I'll get you this audition and it was in Harlem an audition for this TV show called the Uptown Comedy Club yes and I knew I got it Mm-hmm. But he was very shady about all the information. Mm-hmm. And he said, they want to see you again tomorrow. But uh, So I'll go again. Went in. And he wouldn't tell me if I had the show for like two straight weeks. Weird. He's like, you need to sign this. You need to sign this. You need to I sign see, this. Yeah. You need to sign. Did you hear from them? No. And I, and that was uh, whatever. I made a mistake. And then that night I signed. He went, you, I just heard from them. You're, you're on the show. Yeah. I felt like I was raped. Yes. I really did. I felt like I was raped. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the I feel like a sign with the devil. Right. It was such a disturbing feeling. It was a horrible feeling. I felt ashamed. But that was my first TV exposure. And then... um, I remember that. That led to... Other sketch. Other sketchy things. And then SNL... I You know, everyone says, what was your break? I guess SNL was the break. Yeah, it was. I, I thought the Uptown uh, comedy cl- uh, show thing was, was one of your big breaks. It was a huge break for yeah, me. In- I thought that got you the ex- incredible exposure that, you know, people knew you at clubs. I knew you, but I when I saw that show, which was a very funny show, right. I thought that's when I said, wow, this guy shines. And, and that, it really helped me shine. I stuck out. And then um, I was up for a huge development deal. Right, I remember that. You and Chappelle, right? Yes, but we were two separate deals. Mm. Dave was HBO, I was NBC, the creator of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and mm-hmm. he's going to help, and we're all going to help. And at the end, uh, we were pulled from our deals to do a Disney show, a spinoff of Home Improvement. And then right. that fell apart. Um, right, that I remember, because you know, I've known Chappelle as long as I've known you, and... I remember that was going down, and everyone was Cover so excited. Cover TV Guide. Yes. It was huge. Yeah. All over USA Today. So what does that do to you? You know, you're a fighter. You're going to jump back in the ring, but at the moment. That was one of the most devastating moments I ever went through. Yeah. Because they, first it went from, okay, here's a wad of money and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show, and he loved me. 
loves yeah, me. Right. He's going to his house, and this show, it's going to be great. And were you cocky? Were you, were you telling everyone, I got this thing, I got this thing? And then... uh, Probably. Right. I don't remember, but I, I wasn't around the club saying it, but I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is, I think I was, I'm more of a celebrate, by now I'm more celebrating, like, this is ridiculous. This is amazing. <laughs> right. You all got to watch. This is unreal. It's happening. I said I was going to do it. It's, it's happening. And then, um, because stuff happened for Chappelle. Well, he had this HBO thing, and he right. was on fire. He was on right. everything. Whoopi Goldberg brought him back out on Comic Relief mm -hmm. for an encore, and that's never happened. So you're feeling a little bit low. So what do you do next? What do you? How do you get out of it? Do you? Do you have a period where you're you're just pissed off? And oh go God, back? I was so angry mm -hmm. with all of Hollywood. I hated mm -hmm. because I, in the middle of the second first. We get pulled from this deal. Now Chappelle's getting sued because mm. he left HBO and they're suing and Disney. And we're supposed to do three episodes of Home Improvement. And now it's one episode. And Tim mm. Allen is really not cooperative. And I don't blame him one bit now to look back at it. You know, right. They're spawning off money off of him. Mm -hmm. And he has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it would piss me off. Um, you were Maud. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you were so going to be so I told, a ball on the family. You're, at the time, I didn't get it. Right. I get it 100% now. And I'm like, geez, yeah, I would have been pissed. Yeah. And so he was not very cooperative. And here I am like, oh, my gosh, Tim Allen. And he was very mm -hmm. cold and distant. And that, that shook me a little bit. And then it went to, and then we're in our, our commercials. <laughs> we were, our commercials were on TV next yes. Tuesday after <laughs> Tim Allen is the premiere <laughs> of uh, Buddies with Jim Brewer and Dave Chappelle. And then I was fired right before it aired in the middle of the second episode. And that, so that firing, beyond, beyond devastating. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of television. I, can, I think I can honestly go out on a limb mm -hmm. and say, I don't think anyone has ever been fired when their commercials were already on TV. You're right. I, I don't think so either. I don't, th I don't yeah. look back at it. I don't think so. I don't think there's a limb. I think you're, no. you're totally, you know, you're in the tree. You're, you're, we were on cover of TV Guide. It was yes. on. It was already going. And so that, that the next day, I got called by Fox. Oh, I can't believe what they did to you. This is so cruel. It's horrible. And, the, right. and I just remember the, the table of events. The, that, the night I got fired, I went to... Uh, the improv. I said, you know, we're just going to... In L.A. Yeah, I'm just, you know, let's go on stage. Mm -hmm. I, and I remember seeing comics who I like and I know, and they came up to me and they're like, hey, man, I heard what happened. It was awful. Yeah. Can you tell me about the character? Because I'm auditioning. <sighs> and you... and you. Right. It's like, you just broke up with your girlfriend. Can I have her number? Yeah, I, and I... Like, wow, none of us are friends. Mm. We're not friends, are we? There is no... Wow, this place is crazier than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day, Fox goes, "Hey, don't worry about what happened. We have a show. Once you go to, we want you to go uh, test. I get the show. It's called Herman's Head. I get it. All right, that's right. And I get the call. Mm, Disney not letting you out of the contract, but they fired me. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, they don't have a deal with Fox, and this is just it's not going to happen. So now I'm. Now I feel like I'm a, I'm a slave and a prisoner. Um, um, the anger level is a whole new... I, I just won the lottery ticket and it took it away. Right. 
And they ripped it up in front of you. And they ripped it up in front of me. And the next day, someone else said, I still got your light And they said, no, you can't have it. <sighs> then they tried to develop a show, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it gets picked up. And then it gets canceled before it airs. And then SNL comes along. And how did that come along? The, um, late night NBC wanted, was doing a late night development deal with me. So they wanted me mm-hmm. to do stuff for um, Leno. It was called Friday Night. Uh, this guy, Gary Considine. Yeah. Gary Considine. Yeah, I know who that is. Um, great guy, huge fan, would put me on Friday nights. Um, he said, would you be interested in... Uh, oh, and, and who's the head of... I loved him. He was the head of NBC. Uh, Littlefield? Yes. Warren Littlefield was a huge. He was right. a fan. Big backer of mine. Love him to death. Would you be interested in trying out for SNL? I said, mm. no. No mm. way. I said, no way. Why no? No. No. Why I, no? I saw Jay Moore. Yeah. I saw Sarah Silverman. I saw, like, a tell. And I didn't think they were really miserable people until mm. they were part of SNL. <laughs> oh, my God. What are they... What happened to what? What happened to them? Like what? What happened over there? And I just saw the way people were coming out of there, and went, "This is." And I th- the papers were like, "This is Santa dead. It's horrible." Mm. They said, "No, no, 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 no. It's all new writers, all new cast, all new show. Really want you to audition. You'd be tremendous." Okay, there. what year is this now? 95. Okay. Still only been doing it six years. Correct. I audition. I go, all right, I'll do it. I audition. The next day, I wake up, mm. and my friend goes, Dad, don't, just don't read the post. Ugh. What are you talking about? Oh, no. This <laughs> is unbelievable. Dude, you, you're, your past life, you must have been an asshole. So what happened? What, I'm not going to tell you. You just got to go. You'll see. Oh God! So the I longest get, ride. I, get, to I the... walk. I walk <laughs> to the bagel store. I get the post. Open the page. Big headlines. SNL on worldwide search for new cast. All already written off. Comedian Jim Brewer, who had three sitcoms go bust on him, matter yeah. a couple months. Blah, 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 blah. This coming from Long Island. What? I've never, ever in my life seen anyone written up for an audition. Oh, and who am I? I'm not a name. Right. No one knows who I am. What what cocksucker decided I'm going to say he didn't make the audition? Who are you? (laughs) Well, now the agent's like, this is me. And NBC's like, you know what? He's bullshit. I don't know who they're talking about. This is a power struggle. That's bullshit. I I can't believe they did that. I don't know what's going on. You're going to go back in there. I don't want to go back in there. <laughs> no. so, someone, I don't want to go to the bagel shop. Someone hates <laughs> me. No, you're go Fuck that. You're going back in. Mm. I go back in. Yeah, they like it. I, I, I found out as time went on. And again, I get it 100%. I just didn't know I was in the middle of it. It was a power struggle. And at that time... Um, Between Lauren and the network? Correct. Okay. And... Clearly, the network was like, "You're going to take this kid. We're going to help you. The show is in shambles. You're, he- we're helping you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, let me see your star. Oh, okay, um, can you get mm. a post on line for me?" Wow. 
I get it. I get. I get it. Right now, I get it, and I and I got it as time went on, and as once I eventually did get the show. Lauren is one of the greatest, most brilliant people ever sat in front of. Mm. Um, but at that time, now, <laughs> mm. I've got a lot of issues. It's just like, yeah, you know, we like you, we don't like you. Put it in the paper. He, he sucks. Yeah. And so that went to now I eventually get the show, and I didn't even have time to think. I was the last guy hired, so I, I didn't even have time. I was convinced I was getting fired. It was a six episode. Still couldn't right. get on. And, you know, that's a hard thing to sit with the whole time, knowing that maybe this guy doesn't want me to do well. Maybe he'll t- cut a sketch that I'm in. Because oh, I, exactly. I know so many exactly. friends of ours who have been on the show have had those things happen. Ex- they get too much exposure in the paper, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, all of a sudden I have no bits this week. Because you could never be- – correct. Right. And, th- and I get that. Yeah. You don't want to be bigger – than the actual show, because then they lose, and, and I get all that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so once I was on, it was, it was, here's the real big break, if you want to do big break, because yeah. all the way back to Valley Stream. Mm. What I love in Valley Stream, movies. The first guy that ever blew my mind, besides Jack Nicholson, was Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And I would imitate him on the street. You didn't see Raging Bull? You got to watch <laughs> Raging Bull. This guy is like, hey, you're my, you're going to do What's the matter with you? Where you get your ball? I'm not going to answer you. And then he was an easy, and I followed Joe Pesci's career. Loved That's him. So great. Always imitated him. Every scene he ever did, I can I can reenact every scene Joe Pesci seen. Did I'm you know? In, did you know about the Jersey Boys connection? No. Right. Well, let me tell you. All right. Um. The Four Seasons. Well, besides all that, yeah, we'll get into that. I in Valley Stream and Limbrook, where we are, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of very well-connected people, which, again, I had no st- – naive <laughs> Jim going around the street. I had no clue. Right. Even some of the circles around me, no clue. I'm just being a nice older kid to this guy. Had no clue. Yeah, I had that same childhood. I was, I had sort of, I was in Brooklyn, but I had like the Bronx tale. Hey, go down to the corner and get me some Italian bread. And then you'd bring the bread and they'd give you a quarter. And, yeah. You know, these were just nice guys. I had a kid who I looked after from my, mm-hmm. my whole life. He was one of the boys. And he was also five years younger than us. So mm-hmm. when I'm 15, he's 10. He's a kid. And I'd be like, you know, I'm 17. He's 12. You want to go to the Met game? We're going to bring in the Met game. Yeah. My dad, you know, you make sure you listen to Jimmy, Jimmy, thanks for taking home and taking care of him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, kid knocked on my door. I said, hey, these kids around the corner stole my money. Who stole it? I'll uh, go. Let me get my jacket. I'll go. I had no clue. Boy, did it, wow. But that's just you being a good guy and yes. looking out. You no didn't clue. have brothers, uh, you know, at the time or no whatever. Clue. Right. So, uh, so you love Pesci. I love Pesci. I'm convinced I'm getting fired. Mm. I know I'm getting fired. I'm contracted for... Nine episodes. We're going on the sixth week. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the writer's room, and I say, you know what? Screw it, man. I've been fired a billion times and whatever. This is just... This Interesting is- how it makes you a little harder when you know you get rocked around like that. You get rocked around, and I, and I remember certain... Th- I remember Wanda Sykes saying right. something to me, which we'll get to, which really made me think because... And he, Patrice O'Neill, mm-hmm. a bunch of them, um, and so I'm in the writer's room, 
I said, screw it. Hey, what are we doing? We're going to get a little sandwiches today? <laughs> Why don't we get some sandwiches? We want provolone. Where's a good deli? <laughs> hey, and I'm, and I'm busting the intern's balls. Why don't you make a nice phone call and order some good food here? <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God. He? Yeah, I forgot his name. He okay. eventually went on and became a writer for uh, other TV shows. Okay, so this is one of the writers. He's just an then. intern. No, he's oh, an intern. Yeah. Just an intern. And he goes, uh, he, Lou Stoner guy. He goes, hey, man, what you, oh, my God. So why do you do Pesci on, on the update with Norm? Mm. I said, how would it do that? He's got this movie coming out with eight heads in a duffel bag. And, mm. and, you, and, and Norm brings you out and... And and you do the movie review, and at the end, you ask Norm if he's seen the movie. You know, noisy like, yeah, and you beat the shit out, dude. <laughs> it would be hilarious. So, oh my God, it's a great idea. As I'm saying that, Steve Korn, huge writer, went on to Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. He comes out and he goes, well, "What are you guys talking about? Because you got to hear him do Pesci. You do Pesci? I do Pesci. I fucking love you. Come to my office, and." When we did, when I read the sketch at the table, Lorne Michaels laughed so hard. That's so nice. It was like your father giving you a hug. Yeah, yeah. The father who never gave you a hug. It was the greatest feeling in the world to watch Lorne Michaels laugh. And when the show went live, that sketch exploded. Mm. It was an atom bomb. I remember. I heard it. (laughs) <laughs> and people all over the next, did you see, did you see, did you, and I remember now is invited to dinners with Lauren, and mm. said, Lauren would like to know if you want to go to dinner on Tuesday with the cast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? And it's you and Will and Sherry. Oh, yeah. And Tom Hanks. Yeah, sure, that'd be oh, cool. Man. And so that started happening for a while. And then. But I'd say that little moment for TV and everything. That was really the was explosion. Big, it was, was that talk with the intern about the, ordering a sandwich. That's right. And then what did Wanda have to say to you? Wanda, who I love with all my heart. Again, um, all those. And then once SNL kind of ended ugly. I didn't want it to end ugly. Mm-hmm. This is the last thing I wanted in my life. How many seasons were you there Three. all together? Okay. Three. And I didn't, I wasn't sucking. I was on a lot. Right. I had, I had, I had hit characters, so it right. wasn't like... And characters that people still yell out They still for you yell to out. Do. They yeah. come out, and they're paying, a t- they're paying <laughs> $40. You better do that goat. Right. It's like, okay. Go, boy! <laughs> yeah. I brought the doll. <laughs> yeah. So, but other things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that ended, I was like, I'm... I'm so done with all. I'm I'm done. They're animals. They're all animals. They are. Everyone's an animal. And I didn't. And I'm, everyone's scared, like you were, that in three weeks they're going to be out of work. Yeah, I'm like everyone is scared. Instead of creating an atmosphere where everyone can be creative, create an atmosphere where everyone's scared and there's power and there's ego, and that kills everything. And I and I just I was like I'm I'm done with I'm done. And even Lauren, you know, and he called me. I said, Lauren, I don't. I, it's, I, if this guy's there, I really. This guy's a pain in my balls for a mm-hmm. year straight now. Uh, he's, he said, Jim, you're too nice for this business. <laughs> I'll never forget those words. And he yeah. said, if you want anything produced, I'm your man. 
Oh. I said, okay. 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 Thank you, Lauren. And I started a family. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. actually, That's your new I, production. Actually, what I did was I, I still was kind of, I had some name and hot and a little bit of, of, of clout. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time where I went out. I said, you know what? Screw Hollywood. Let's go out and pitch a TV show. And I don't care. If they develop it or not, it's still the time where I can get some wad of cash to develop it. I'm going to buy a house and move out to the country. And that's exactly what I did. I think I got six and a half bills. I think I got six fifty. Wow. Which was just unheard of. Oh, yes. And probably one of the last deals you can get. And, of course, the show didn't go, but I didn't care. Right. I didn't buy a house now. Yes. And I moved to the country, and we had a family and started a family, and then... And that was that. And that's when you realize that's really the bottom line in life. You know, of course, performing for me is everything. Yes. But, you know, I have a son and, you know, I have kid, brothers that I, you know, have brought up. And they're my mom. They're everything to me. So all that other stuff is shit. If, that, that, yes. if that's not there. And I, was got, I got to go home and I got to spend time with my parents as I watched them get older and my kids as they were little and be with them. And I took a radio job mm. on satellite, which paid great money and allowed and you, But me, you could stay home. I allowed me to be home. Right, because I was with Pete Corielli in the studio and we're talking to you and you're, <laughs> you're naked, you know, wearing right, a pajama house, top. At my mom's house. <laughs> I was in my mom's house. And that... And then I will say around... two. 2008, mm-hmm. um, another moment changed. So I would say the first half of my life and career, going after Stan, I was after the hoopla. Mm-hmm. I call it the leather pants and kangaroo. I want my leather pants. I want my kangaroo. <laughs> I want my MTV. Right. And I, I want my yes. MTV. I'm in a bar in my town. It was always a dad's night out. Mm-hmm. That dad's night out. Um, one night, there's a woman next to me, and she's like, "You're that comedian, the famous guy." And I went, "I'm not really famous." Mm. She's no, you're the comedian. Everyone knows who you are in town. Well, now I'm just a dad. She's yeah, you, you're you're like really filthy. You're blue. Mm. That's why I can never see you. You're like really blue. You're the drug guy. And I and I went, "What? What are you talking about?" She went, everyone, you're, you're, you're dirty. You're like, you're really blue. Your show's blue. Went, Where did you get that from? Have you ever seen me? I was, getting, I was so pissed. I'm like, of did course. you see me? No, but everyone knows you're filthy and you're just it's the drugs, right? Like you talk about drugs. And I, I wanted to smash her, and we <laughs> talked for about a half hour, saying, well, you need to see me before you make that. But what I realized at that moment went, how many other people think this? Right, the perception that's out there. Look and at Mitch Hedberg. People think of him as a drug comic. He was never a drug comic. He might have done drugs. He might have done drugs. Right. He never talked about really drugs on stage. Right, but people that he's the drug him, guy. That's the perception. He's the drug guy. And that that changed my life at that moment. That moment I went, okay, you know what? I'm starting over. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're going to see me how I want you to see me. And now you're going to know every other part of my life because this ain't me. I love being home with family. I I talk about family. I got I inspire people, and 
I don't care if the I don't want the leather pants and kangaroo. Right. You want back to what what made you laugh when you were a kid, Brian Regan. Correct. I that's what I want. And I that was 2008. I booked a tour, brought my dad on it, filmed. Yes. That whole thing. And I was like, keep the camera on my dad because mm. he's a rock star when we go out. Mm. And and I I've toured with him for years. I just didn't film it, and I I saw what life it would give him. And so that was the beginning. Uh, and also, I was like, no more, no more, no more pot. You're right. No more this. And that was because uh, you also fall into, I, I would fall into a zone where you need, oh, I tell comics, like, don't, don't get in a habit of drinking. You're right. I've and getting that. high before you go up there. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll start believing that's what you need to be funny. Right. And if that's what you need to be funny, you're in bad trouble. You should be funny before that happens. Yes. If you're funny before that happens, well, then, yeah, do, after the show, now you're even funnier because you're hanging out. Yeah. that's but, In L.A., in the 80s, I was with Sam Kinison and all those guys, and there was drugs, 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 booze, booze, booze. But I never, ever went on stage me either. under the influence of anything afterwards. Me either. After I sort of got calm. And even then I left L.A. because there was so much drugs around. But people think they need that crutch. When yes. in reality, it's the opposite. Even yes. Carlin, George Carlin, who's famous for stuff, he said, he told Jon Stewart in that famous interview, I, do my, I write straight and I edit yes. stoned. Yes, yes. And I learned a lot from that, too, from watching that. I was fascinated by that. Mm. And... I also fell into a period where, and I tell, um, um, well, I don't tell comics. Well, I, I would tell comics at the time. Half Baked was so big, mm -hmm. such a big cult classic, still is, that I fell into the persona of this is what they want. Right. So I started like, hey, it's the second show. Who cares? They're mm high. -hmm. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I could, you know, I get high. And, 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 I reached a stage where I'm going, like, what am I? And I started, then I started worrying, like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be funny. And went, mm -hmm. now, wait a minute. Yeah. I and never was like that in my life. You know, you said it yourself. You had this confidence that was, like, crazy. Why would you want anything to take away from that? And, and since 2008, again, my confidence level has gone through the roof. And I'd say I'm more on a real comics path. Because mm -hmm. since 2008, here we are, 2016, now I'm back to, oh, all right, selling a lot of theaters, selling uh, a lot of tickets here. Still have to do a club here. Yeah. Still have to do a club there. But it's good for you to do the club here and there. Oh, heck yeah. Making great money, selling a lot of tickets, got the following. I do what I want to do. Everyone, I've built, I've built the audience I wanted. They know me from Half Baked. They know me from SNL. But right. now they know me as... He's Jim Brewer, the the funny guy. Talks about his family. He freaking he kills it every time, and, yes. he's, and he's got a new hour every time we see him. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, and it's exciting for me knowing you all these years to see how you've grown into this, you know, who you want to be to be yourself and to be on stage and to tell stories and make your family come alive. And it's just it's it's a pleasure, and I, I don't want you to forget because you people are listening and what did Wanda Sykes say? And you oh, know, Wanda, and, right? Wanda, she, because I loved Wanda. I, I haven't seen her in years. Mm -hmm. um, I would laugh so hard with Wanda. Like we were we were we had great chemistry. Me, her, Keith, 
Robinson. Right. Bounce let just there's certain guys you bounce off of people and you it's hilarious and all good. She was like, What happened to you? Mm. What do you mean? She's like, Whoo, you got scorned. You're you're like you're angry. I don't we never saw Jimmy angry. There's something wrong with you. And Patrice would say that. Right. And everyone started saying that. I'm like, I can't let and that that's when I, I was like, I'm moving out in the woods. Right. I'm, I'm what, what's here. great about that, it goes against what we're thinking about in the industry, like in LA, everyone's an asshole and you suck. We have we're very lucky to have very honest friends. Oh God, yes. Really yeah. honest to go, look, you know, stop doing that shit or Yes. You know, and, and yes. because they care. So right. we're, we are blessed. A lot of people think, oh, there's anger and there's bitterness. Yeah, that's in the ego world of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the suit people. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes down to it, we're very blessed to have people who are completely honest with And that's why this woman in the bar who was telling you you're dirty and you're filthy, she, she was honest with you. She was so honest. And it was her perception. It doesn't mean she was right. And it, was, it changed your life. It changed my life. I, re- I, I made me realize... I have no control, and this is what everyone thinks. And it wasn't my... I have no control of that. I don't know where she's getting it, mm-hmm. but clearly it's not her fault. It's nice to hear what other people's perceptions yes. are. George Carlin taught me that. He said, when you write, not only write your own stuff, maybe your perception, but try to put yourselves in the shoes of the people you don't understand. Right. And and come up with their perceptions. Right. And then have that juxtapo- juxtapose against, uh, learn to say juxtapose, and then learn how to ha- make that work up against each other. I- when I had a bit about gay marriage, there, I was writing, I made a list of why it, people shouldn't give a shit, and then I made a list of all the things that people who cared about it in a negative way, just to try to understand it, and I wrote the comedy piece out of it. The best line was their material their words being thrown back in their face. Right. I can say, too, George Carlin taught me his last two specials. I think it was You're All Diseased. Right. And I want to... I remember them. He did Letterman before. Whatever was right before You're All Diseased. One of them, he was so angry. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was not funny. He was too dark, too angry, too cynical. And I and I went, oh no, oh god, what's, oh god, what's happening? And then the next special, which I think was his last, mm-hmm. he came back, and I think he noticed it too. And he was also in a dark period. Yeah, he lost his wife. He lost his wife. And I, I saw him in, in Vegas with Robert Schimmel. We love, you know, he's my hero. Yes. And he was dark and it wasn't funny. And yes. I, but I understand it. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I and I went, and I, and I went, but as a fan, I went, oh, dude, you're my hero. Don't let, don't let the world bring you there. Mm-hmm. Please. You're my last hope. And his last special, and that sounds corny, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Yeah. His last special, he came out just, subjects just as dark, just as mean, <laughs> but it was belly laughing, brilliant material. And I was like, yes! Yeah, he's he found himself in and he's based the champ! <laughs> he's Muhammad <laughs> Ali of comedy! Go, George, go! And I, that, I learned so much from that because 
Even now when I write, my initial thoughts are anger. I'm angry about this. I'm angry about why people think this way. I'm angry that you're so brainwashed. I'm angry that you don't see this. And I'll, I'll be in the clubs and I can see. It's like, whoa, it's a little, it's a little, little too much for them. And then I work it out I'm like, okay, I got to get the point across. And if people understand it, they understand it. And if they don't, it's okay. You're here to be funny. I, right, but the I, foundation comes from the truth. Foundation and, comes from and, the truth. And that's, and that's where, and not everybody, there's no rules, but in most of the better comics that, I've, that I think are the greatest, they've always had a vulnerability that's come from the foundation of the truth. And it's always much more compelling when it's when it comes from that. So the anger can be the truth. Now it's time to write. Now it's time yes. to be creative. Yeah, now it's yeah, time yeah. to be funny. I'll go on stage and I'll find myself preaching a little bit, and I stop myself <sighs> right away. And yes. I learned that from watching Bill Hicks, and I learned that from watching me too. Yeah. And and Bill Hicks too. Like oh, he's the greatest comic, and uh, comics get pissed when I say this. He wasn't always a comic. He was more of a... Philosopher. A philosopher. Yeah. I consider Bill a philosopher. Were there times when he was hilarious? Yes. But I think he was a brilliant comic. I worked with him a lot, and I watched him work, and I worked with him in Europe, and I just saw his mind. He's a brilliant comic. But at the same time, I think he's a philosopher. He's a philosopher. And there's nothing wrong with that, no. as long as you're funny. Exactly. And there were times where like, ooh, ooh. ooh. Yeah. I agree with everything you're saying, but... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I find myself doing that. And I got to stop myself. It's like, who am I? Who are you? They don't care. They don't care. They want to laugh. People don't care. When a musician goes out on a limb, you know, this politician, <laughs> why don't you play your little guitar? Because <laughs> you know nothing. Right. When an actor, and which is so funny again, because what actors and musicians and all that don't understand sometimes is yes, you have a huge following. Yes, you're super popular. Yes. But that's all the audience knows you as. All right, so let me ask you this question off the cuff. Who's your favorite musician? Can you answer it immediately? I'm a Metallica guy. Okay, Metallica. And, why? You, and, and you too. Okay, and why Metallica? I'll tell you exactly why. Metallica taught me more about society growing up than any history book. I learned more about organized religion from songs like Leper Messiah. Mm -hmm. People took Metallica as this dark, you know, evil. It was never evil. They just spoke the truth. When they sang the song uh, Disposable Heroes, it was the most awakening lyrics I've ever heard about war and how military is built. All it right, was, now, now just to jump on that, that's your perception because that's the way you think correct. and you see that. Someone Other people see, see, it, see, see it differently. Correct. And that's the same thing in comedy. Yes. People can see, 50 people can see 50 different things. Right. And the only person that really matters is yourself and your perception of life and your fun and the, the time you're having. Life is too short to be that yes. serious. And and what happens, too, what I've noticed, too, with bands, uh, you know, Bono. Bono mm -hmm. is, I first liked the music, then I went, I like what he's... He has to say. I like what he has to say. But at the same time, when he goes a little too overboard, no one cares. Yeah. Shut up and yeah. play the same yeah. song. Still Sunday, haven't found what I'm looking for. Sunday. <laughs> now I'm happy again. Right. Not me, <laughs> but that's what the world 
Call me when you're a politician. Yeah. Leave that to the politicians. I love that saying. Yeah. But um, I'm, I, I think every comic, every entertainer, I shouldn't say every, every live performer mm -hmm. often has, I'm going to start a revolution. So whatever that revolution is, I'm going to change the way they think. I'm going to. I'm gonna let them see what the how corrupt things are and what the real conspiracy. Yeah. Certain bands come out and then they realize no one cares. No, and if they do care, <laughs> they you, they don't want you shoving it down their throat. No, we'll we'll pick it up we'll, subtly. <laughs> we we got, prefer. We We're got good. it, We're but good. I'm not going out and, and acting on it. I heard you, and yeah, that's all I need to do. Is I heard you. That's all. I'm, but good. I couldn't dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, thank you. I love you. I'm thank you. so happy that you came in. I. You know, uh, a lot of young comics be listening and want to know what it's like to get your first break. And everyone thinks people have the perception that it just happens and that it's a, a, a road that just is completely paved. Mm. And it's not. But it's OK. It's OK. It's all right. It's, it's fun. all right. And I, and I always say to young comics, like, well, you know, college, you are in college. Yes. You, you go to college, you make no money. You're in debt forever, mm -hmm. and you still don't know what your career is going to be. You can say, oh, I'm going to study to be this. You're not guaranteed to get that, and now you're in debt. If you start off young or you just go, I'm going into comedy, and give yourself, you know what, at least four or five years, I'm busting my chops. This guy goes to college. He's going to school every day. He's got no car. He's he's not making money. It's, it's he's He knows I'm working for the future. Right. Young comics. You're not going to make money. Know in the future. Just absorb it all. Oh, this is what this guy. Oh, I'm going to do some road gigs. And I, oh, I got 10 minutes. It's just, I tell them all this. It's no different in college. It's just a different world, different journey. Just long term. No leather pants and kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, like a, I'd like a kangaroo for a week. I would love a kangaroo. I'd also love leather pants. Yeah, I never would right be able to the wear mall. leather pants. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Eddie. Jimmy, I love you. Thank you. Love you too, man. <laughs> <laughs>